And we're live. Wait, 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 wait. Intro. We are back. I feel like every episode now is like we're getting back into the swing of things. Do you feel wait, that? Wait, wait, wait. Intro. Intro. We haven't done the intro. Are we really doing the central thing? I mean, yeah, we so far, none start. of our good resolutions have stuck around. <laughs> we cannot start without an intro. Welcome to Layout, a podcast about design, technology, and everything else. I'm Rafa. And I'm Kevin. And in this episode, we, we talk about a certain vibe shift in the tech industry that we've been feeling. Uh, uh, disturbance in the force. So my mom came down to visit um, for two weeks, which was awesome for the you know, Easter oh, break. She's a teacher. I actually great. saw that on and, Instagram. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, did I post that? Okay. No, your, you, your, you your, mom, mom? Your, your mom's a great follow on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I get all my news, you know? I'll make sure to tell her that. Uh, and uh, so, but she came, she was not sick, but not not sick. But then she got sick and then we all got sick, but we all have different symptoms. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like we're all going through the same. Right. And it's weird. And we've been pushing this recording. I was trying to, you know, wait until I felt a bit better. I do feel a bit better, but it's just been a weird week. Um, so here, so maybe that's why I sound a bit different. I don't know if that's just a connection, or is the sickness going through the internet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> but I, I got mean, my ginger lemon tea here. I'm all set. I'm all good. I mean, I feel like this this year certainly I can't be crazy in think in, in thinking that there's just more illnesses going around. <laughs> it just seems like everyone's sick all the time, and it's funny working in a just room. resumed all illnesses during you know after the pandemic. Yeah, like, right, resume. We we got like three years worth of stuff all in one year. <laughs> Um, but it's funny, like working in a remote company and just, you know, having people all around the world and somehow everyone's sick at the same time. And <laughs> you just think that it would be contagious, but it's the seasons. It's the seasons. They, yeah. you know, it's no joke. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've kept, we all got the like COVID symptoms, if you will, sore throat, coughs and whatever. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is it. Finally. Like, you know, it's going to happen. Cause you haven't and gotten no, it yet. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> the keyword here is yet. Testing every day. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm. You know, yeah, I'm not. I'm not pretending that I'll, no. I'll dodge this. But I think at this you know, point, if you haven't gotten it, you're probably good. So I don't. I don't believe that. I, I mean, if it was just me, maybe because my whole family, like none of us, really, mm. are we all immune? Are we like a? Is that what they mean by power couple? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Says, says says like COVID immune. Says the guy whom <laughs> whose entire family is sick right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, sure, that's what it is. But yeah. um, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like I don't questions. hear a lot of people saying that they have COVID these days. And it's like hopefully I, I don't get put on a COVID denial list for saying this. But it just it just seems like it's like died down a little bit. Uh, and it's not as you know as intense as before. Like before, it seemed like you just open your front door and you got it, but now yeah. it seems more rare. I think it depends, uh, like where you live. I think mm-hmm. I, I hear Australia has been doing pretty bad, but yeah, oh, here has okay. been you don't hear much. But yeah, all right, okay, let's just move on from the sickness because <laughs> I I need it. Um, today I actually do have some some pieces of follow up that I that I wanna that I wanna bring up. Because I feel like they, they're they're relevant. Um, so was it last episode we talked about uh, ChatGPT? Was it? It was right. It was yeah. Pretty sure. So it was funny because since then, since we've recorded that, I've had a couple more experiences with it, and I think all of those experiences kind of create a little arc, right? Because <laughs> okay. so when we last talked about it, I was pretty character was pretty development here. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty down on it, and uh, I stand by everything I said, and I still believe it. But maybe my the conclusion might be different a little bit. Mm. So I, w- I want to tell you about this. So okay. just a couple days after we've recorded that, then you know I was talking to to Devs, to my wife about it and how I felt about it because you know I feel like AI. Even my mom asked me about it. <laughs> like it's a thing. It's in the mainstream. People are talking about it. You know, so. So I was telling my wife like how it kind of works and 
how you can't really trust it to be like factual, you know, and all that. And and she's like, oh yeah, let me try it. And so <laughs> she asked uh, ChatGPT, who is Rafael Kond? Like, okay. who, you know, my name. Okay. And I think this answer kind of, it's a really good encapsulation of what's good and bad with this thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read you ChatGPT's answer to who is Rafael Kond. All right. Okay. So here it goes. It's just two paragraphs or three. Um, Rafael Kond is a designer and front-end developer based in San Francisco, California. He is also known as Rafa and is well-known in the design community for his work in user interface design, design systems, and front-end development. Okay. You know, first paragraph. Oh, bad. I mean, he got the location wrong. I don't live in San Francisco, but, you know, but he got that I go by Rafa and, okay, I don't really do front-end development, but whatever. It's fine. It's, 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 it's quite impressive. But let me, let me keep going. Rafael is currently a senior di- director of design and products at Webflow, a company that provides a platform for building and launching responsive websites. Prior to his work at Webflow, he worked as a senior designer at GitHub and as a user interface engineer at Digital Telepathy, a digital product uh, design agency. All right. So it goes off the rails. Like It just throws a bunch of in a work experience that I all wrong. They they didn't get any right. Uh, But it's fascinating how they all kind of sound plausible. Like it could be true. I mean, you know, Webflow is in my circle. Like I know people that work there. I work at Netlify. It's kind of related. So, you know, Uh, and then the last one is like eerie. So in addition to his work in the tech industry, Raphael is also a speaker and writer eh, and has given talks at various design conferences and events. He's also the co-host of the Design Details podcast, ah. which focused on design development and creative culture. It's like, wow. Okay. So you got that I do podcasts. That's impressive. I mean, yeah, I do. It's it's right. Sorry, Brian and Marshall. And then it's like the one, you know, sibling podcast. Like, oh, so wow. <laughs> you got so close. It's so close that it's plausible. Like, if I didn't know... You know, there's nothing that jumps like, oh, this is probably wrong, you yeah. know, if you don't know these answers. So, fascinating. And I felt like in many like, ways, see? in many ways, if you were to send this to your mom, she would probably be like, great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you're right. Kind of knows you like very well in some aspects, but not so much in others. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's My God, right. my mom is here. I can just send her this. I, okay. I'll have follow up for next episode. I will okay. ask her. Wait. Would you be able to record her reaction <laughs> sure yeah I'll, I'll try i'll see i'll <laughs> see if there's anything amazing. entertaining there a reporter on the so field. anyway so so after this experience i felt vindicated like see it's you know you can't trust it it's like a cool toy but you can't really use it um and it wasn't until today actually like so almost two weeks later that i saw the sgpt shortcut by federico vettici i don't know if you saw this or tried it I've seen it, but I haven't tried it. Uh, so it's it's like a it's a ChatGPT client in the form of a shortcut, if you will. Um, but the cool thing is, because it's a shortcut, it can plug into some native features like the music app. So a good use case for it. Of course, you can like can ask stuff and get answers and whatever, or like copy or read something from the clipboard, something like that, which is interesting. But then you can also ask to create playlists. And that's like, I think the first time I really got something useful out of it that I felt like not just something useful in the sense that, I don't know, I'm just testing it to see if it produces something useful. And it does something that I could see fit into my life. Like, Mm. you know, so I just asked, Hey, uh, create me a playlist of around 30 songs um, with music that was featured in an Apple commercial between 2002 and 2010. Because those were <laughs> all those bangers. extremely you. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a nostalgic mood. <laughs> uh, and I didn't fact check all of them, but, you know, all of them kind of, I remember them from, so, you know, mm-hmm. I think most of them, if not all, are you know match the criteria that was cool and then i just went further like all right give me another playlist of like 100 songs nostalgic indie songs from the early 2000s or something and you know they were popular in portugal i did that <laughs> like to see if i could really nail down what was you know popular with my teenage years and the results are like 
they're good because it doesn't really matter too much if it's incredibly factual. Uh, if the song was indeed featured in that age, right. in that year, in that whatever. So that was nice. And and then lastly, this is all today. I think I had a good AI revelation today. Uh, I was designing some, some mock-ups. And uh, again, I use I need mock data, as you would do. Yep. I and also so, had the same example. <laughs> yep. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Just give me a hundred titles for like name, you know, cities or design mock-ups. I actually did that because, you know, I'm designing sketch and sketch and sketch <laughs> and sketch as you design sketch. So I'm like, you know, I need titles for documents and design, you know, mocks. So I'm like, give me a, a list of 100 des- mock- design mock-up titles, I think that's how I phrase it. And then it'll give you like an ordered list. And I'm like, can you give me in a, an ordered list? Can you remove the numbers? And it'll do that. And then I use that. Nice. And so it's not that I'm like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Uh, but... I'm a little less down on it, and I think Alex Cornell, I think it was him, who put it in the best way that I've seen it so far, and it really, uh, it really resonated. How it matched how I felt towards it. Uh, Alex uh, said that uh, AI is kind of like um, auto tune, and he didn't really like, you know dove deeper in that analogy but to me it made sense in a way that auto-tune is something that it's a tool first and foremost it's a tool that it shouldn't be like people are not investing in auto-tune maybe the t-pain era there was like a year or two it got super popular and like in everyone's you know collective consciousness and everyone knew about it and you know like when it can be overdone and whatever uh and then it kind of died down. And today, like I, I would bet that like ninety or a hundred percent of the most, you know, top charts songs today, they use auto tune in one way or another. You're not supposed to be like visible in the star of the song. You don't want to. You don't want to see it. It's like visual effects in movies. You don't want to see that it's a visual effect. You just want to believe it. So in that sense, I think AI matches, you know, th- that that same vibe. It's a tool. I don't think it's the you know second coming of like you know the big new frontier of thing i think it'll be around and we can't put the genie back in the bottle it's going to be very useful but ultimately it should be a tool to produce something else and should not be in itself the thing if that makes sense um yeah i mean i think this ai thing is already and will be more important than autotune ever will be but um i don't know if you you know if you just compare autotune's importance in the music industry the music recording industry. Right, right. But like AI's importance in the world (laughs) is way greater than than auto-tune at all. But um, yeah, I had the same, the same example, like use case as you, for example, for creating like mock data um, for -hmm. things. And something I discovered, so basically I work in a commerce company, right? So uh, I was putting a mock-up and I needed some fake products so um, I was like, hey, I, like pretend I'm a, say, a furniture store. So like, I'm a furniture store. Give me 10, 10 products. I need the name of a product. I need a description that's no longer than two sentences and an image. Uh, and I said, and return the results in JSON format. It just spits out a JSON <laughs> with like good like products names and descriptions that make sense uh however the images are like like a like a i, I forget what was the url ex- exactly but it's like image.com slash chair <laughs> or like some <laughs> fake uh oh, it's url it looks i right, mean it, it looks like a reasonable url but it's not right like a real thing at all right um so i just wrote back i was like replace the image urls with real urls and then it swapped them with unsplash urls oh wow to the actual product like a like like a so if it's a couch it was a couch to like that's cool just fascinating and then like i think like there are plugins and stuff that you can auto import like json in figma and stuff like that but um i didn't go all, all the way there but it's just like so <laughs> so fascinating how you can do this um i heard someone at work today actually say something that i think is maybe a little bit hyper hyperbolic but i actually think 
possibly true um, that in the future, the most important programming language will be English. <laughs> um, <laughs> Interesting. And, and I funny. think that's like a good uh, like frame of mind, I guess, to to look at this at least. Like I heard this and I was like, I kind of believe it, you know? Hmm. Um, I can see how so many different things are... Uh, I had another thing, like I was talking with an engineer where we were like trying to sort out like a color uh, thing. And it was like, hey, when we get colors that are too saturated, it just doesn't look as good. So we should probably like cap the saturation at a certain amount. Um, that's something that's like the user can select, for example, like the color. So I was like, oh, you know, it's probably easy. Like you make sure that the lightness is between that value and that value. And we we're like, hey, why don't we try with GPT? And we we're like, if you just tell it, like, make sure that it's not more saturated than this, it will totally fix the color for you. <laughs> you don't have to work. write any code. <laughs> it's just like all these things are so fascinating. It just changes the way cool. you think about different kinds of problems. Just, I feel like my I've been trained to think in code for a lot of things. And now mm-hmm. I have to retrain myself to be like, hey, no, actually, there's a lot of things that you could just ask in plain English. And think in prompts. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, really fascinating. And I, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more in, in coming weeks. In development story. What do, what do you call it? Ongoing story? Yeah. Active story? Yeah, active yeah. development. <laughs> uh, just another very quick piece of follow-up, kind of. Uh, last episode's sponsor was Tripsy. And... Uh, after that, after we recorded, the WWDC invites lottery opened up. I put my name in the hat. Did not come back uh, yet. No. <laughs> I, I hear there's several rounds. I'm waiting because I really want to go this year for the first time. So we'll see. Uh, I'm still waiting, but so far I haven't been lucky. Um, but hey, I've been, you know, I booked hotels. I booked flights. I've done all of that. And I've been using Tripsy. And if you did not believe us because they were a sponsor, and if you like, you know, we're not being genuine, hey, they're not a sponsor anymore. And I'm telling you, I used Tripsy. I did use the promo code that they gave us, saved a bunch of money in their annual plan. I've been using it, and it, it really is lovely. So, WWC, I hope I'll be there. I'll see. And the Tripsy, thumbs up. Give it a shot. We're going to put links in the show notes again. Yeah, having, so, uh, having to delete that advantage of Tripsy would be very sad. <laughs> so hopefully- Very, very sad. Hopefully, hopefully you can make it. Weeks and weeks of therapy. So, <laughs> come on. I don't want to do that. So, Apple, gods. But actually, would you still on. go even if you don't have, like, an invite? Honestly, if I didn't have a kid and if I didn't, if my wife didn't get an extra burden, like, for me for me to go, you know, here taking care of kids and stuff in the house, I maybe I would. But this way, no. I, I think I'm already, like sacrificing so much kind of or other people are sacrificing to allow me to go i feel like you know if i were to go and be there like around and just like wait outside you know sad i I don't know because like it's (laughs) like everyone goes there like sorry (laughs) yeah i'll see you at dinner yeah yeah (laughs) i'll watch it on my iphone in my hotel room uh no it's so sad i i don't think i could it would i would be heartbroken so I don't think I could take it. So, well, I really hope that you can make it and you can get an invite. Me too. And if I can't, you know, there's always next year. Always next year. <laughs> this week we are sponsored by Userbit. The Userbit platform is designed to cater to your entire UX research and design workflow. With it, you can gather and analyze qualitative data, create evidence-backed insights, and deliver your research using specialized UX tools that are all in one collaboration platform. UserBit's cloud-based platform allows you to collaborate with your entire team in real time. There's absolutely no limit to how many team members you can invite, so go ahead and democratize your research with no constraints. UserBit features a variety of time-saving automations to expedite difficult tasks within the research workflow. You can transcribe your user interviews in 20 different languages or automatically tag keywords and phrases across your data from surveys, interviews, and more. 
Userbit takes care of repetitive manual tasks so your team can focus on what they do best, which is create delightful experiences for your customers. Userbit is uh, customizable and has an interactive discovery portal, which is a game changer when it comes to sharing your work with stakeholders. The ability to customize the portal to match your branding makes it really easy for stakeholders to consume insights without any learning curve. And so this means you get faster decision making and more buy-in for key decisions. Along with a comprehensive research repository and analysis tool, Userbit offers a variety of specialized UX tools to help you deliver your research and insights the way that you know how. Whether it's creating personas with evidence for your research or showcasing pain points in your user's journey map or even conducting live card sorting studies, Userbit's got it all. Where do you go to find out more? You go to userbit.com. Please check it out. If you do anything that's related to research, Userbit is the best platform for you. So again, go check it out, userbit.com. And our thanks to them for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. Let's talk about this this vibe shift in the industry. Yeah. Uh, you added this to the to the topic lists mm -hmm. when we were texting and saying like what 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 do we want to talk about next episode and you suggested this one what about this one i'm like yeah sure that sounds good but we never talked about the actual topic so i told you i am not a hundred percent we are on the same page or we think we we're going to talk about the same thing <laughs> if it makes sense so since you wrote it i want you to open up and, and tell me Like, what is this vibe shift that you've been feeling? Right. I thought you were going to make it a, a choose your own adventure, like where <laughs> there's like two URLs <laughs> just branch off <laughs> into our own versions of this Maybe. episode. Um, uh, welcome to the layout multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, okay. Um, vibe shift. Yeah, I added this to the show notes because I think it's a topic that I feel like I've been hearing just randomly in either my circle of friend or work conversations or in the industry like people talk about. And I think for me, what I mean when I, when I talk about this sort of vibe shift is I think the tech industry went through like a very, like actually like many, many years of like this sort of boom cycle where there was a tremendous amount of optimism where just like financially like the markets were you know going all in and there was there was lots of investment going around mm -hmm. and uh you know i i think for me like the culmination of that is like the whole like crypto nft situation yeah um that frankly like is attempting to solve a non-existent problem uh in my opinion you <laughs> You can email Marco. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, so that was kind of the peak of it. And now I think a lot of people are talking about things like recession. We've seen company after company do layoffs. Just like, you know, it, I mean, it's hard to think of a company that hasn't really done layoffs at this point. Uh, and it's just kind of felt different a little bit. Like, uh, I think there was a... Um, sort of awakening maybe that happened where there were a lot of things that in the tech industry would would just be like hey like up and to the right like everything's always uh getting better everyone's growing like everything's going great to now where it's it feels much more back down to earth to be like well what's valuable like maybe we should actually be thinking thoroughly about how we're spending money, how our business model is working. Like there's a, a more sort of adult mindset that established itself mm -hmm. in the industry. Uh, okay. So it sounds like we're on the same page. <laughs> kind of. Great. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I'll just maybe add a little bit to that. There was probably a, an inflection point around the time the smartphone came out, really like the iPhone came out. Because I feel like the tech industry for a long time was a, an industry for nerds. Like if you were into computers, you would be working 
in computers, right? Uh, and then just computers become just became everything and mainstream, and then with it all the money, and then with it, if you're working in tech, in tech, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like a nerd and love computers, right? Like, no, there's so much more to it. Um, and then it became just a massive industry. And there's so much money, and everything has to be, you know, just capitalism. And <laughs> it's, uh, turns out it was capitalism all along. Uh, but you know, even companies like the darlings, like Apple, Apple was making the crazy computers back in the day, try to compete with Microsoft and whatever. And now it's like tr everything and anything and Apple is like this massive whatever. And so we kind of lost a little bit of touch with, with that like nerdiness, the technology of it. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, with the recession, with just, I don't know, just with like any, any bubble that will eventually burst. And I don't think it has burst, by the way. I think we just had a little, a little bump in the road. Kinda. Yeah. But like, but, Part of that vibe shift that I'm feeling as well is maybe the nerds that are still around somehow feeling either a sense of nostalgia or a sense of like, I think what happened with Twitter was a big eye opener, I think, for me and I think for a lot of people in the industry that we it was such a massive thing. A lot of us were not dependent on it, but used to it. Like It was a part of our lives and how that just went down so fast. Um, and, you know, some of us, you know, had massive following and like perhaps careers made of just social media and all this thing, just the massiveness of it. Then I, part of that vibe shift that I'm now feeling is another focus on smaller communities hmm. or more focused on sustainability as a service, as a product in the example of Macedon. Um, But just, I do feel this uh, not revolting against the big companies like Amazon and even Apple and Google and Microsoft. But like, we don't, we feel differently, I think, towards some of these companies and some of this stuff. Um, and then also personally for me, I, I, I think, again, because money, uh, <laughs> pretty much all of my career as in, in the tech industry has been around just business and you know growing a company and building teams and mm -hmm. just and the product is there uh, <laughs> but it's usually you build the products with these goals right like that's 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 what you do that's how this stuff works um but then i i've said this before like i've i've i feel this sense of nostalgia for an era that i didn't live in which was that era pre-iphone the small nerds that would just build software for the love of building software and so personally that's also like a vibe shift in me that i think i've been seeing it more but maybe it's confirmation bias like there's this sense of like maybe differentiating your products in your company by putting more emphasis on fun and actual delight in the experience of using stuff like arc for example or you know rewind paul's been doing some cool stuff and just Again, it could be confirmation bias, but I've been feeling this um, a stronger sense of nostalgia around a lot of stuff in the tech industry. Does that ring true? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is certainly taking the conversation in a like very different direction than I think where I was. Perhaps it we don't have to go that initially. way. It's like just as interesting of a topic, um, but yeah, I mean, I think so. I think there's just a like. Um, with any shifts like this, there's always going to be folks that are going to be like looking back at the past fondly. And I think that's just normal with, with any of these situations. Um, but mm. really like what I was focusing on more is like thinking about things through uh, the lens of like, Hey, what should you do as a designer in that situation? Like you're looking at the economy, you're looking at maybe your company hasn't done layoffs yet, but you're seeing all these companies do layoffs or maybe your company's already done around a layoff and you don't know if there's going to be more. How do you actually like navigate that and how that's kind of affecting you as you go about your, your day to day life? Like I think it can be a lot of ambiguity and a feeling of like not quite being in control the way that 
like we maybe had that false sense of control before of just Mm -hmm. everything was always fine because everyone's like always growing and growing and you know that that's just not necessarily true anymore no we we can go that way this may be gonna be a two-parter yeah two-parter episode but but uh, that's that's interesting i can tell you uh, how it affected me very recently when i was looking for a new job and and again it's really hard for me to separate the current landscape and the the current world with my world like where i'm at so like as in is it the world or am i old you know like and (laughs) i I can't really separate these things very Um, universal feeling but (laughs) we're all getting older sorry uh but but i (laughs) no but i mean like constantly being like am i old (laughs) or is this the world (laughs) <laughs> i think we all feel that um way. i i do i do feel a bit more tired of this grind this startup mentality hustle mentality the you know let's just raise money until forever uh, and like not you know just build cool shit and especially during that those tricky years and we're, we're still in it it's so hard to raise money that's kind of what happened with along it's just it got really tough um it just opened my eyes again to like yeah this was not sustainable <laughs> um and so committing to early stage startups again today feels particularly risky mm-hmm. um and i think i see a lot of companies and products being spun off of like especially now with ai like you know, are you actually building uh, interesting, compelling, valuable products that has a future, or are you just jumping on the, you know, are you just riding this AI wave and, and you're just, is this just an API call? Like, that's your product. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's money here. So it's like, a, it's like a gold rush again. And I think that is becoming even less sustainable like, than. I think we went to an went through a period where yeah you can build whole companies around that and it lasts you forever until you get acquired by someone, right? Um, and that was most of my career. <laughs> like I've seen that a lot. <laughs> I've seen that happen all the time. And I'm not, I'm not throwing shame. Like it's it, we could do that, and it was a viable path, um, but it's not as viable anymore. And I'm not to say that this was like the thing that really made me. Uh, choose sketch but but honestly the type of company and product that sketch is at the moment so you know not vc funded and you know not a new company trying to prove you know an idea or something um and it's just really like love for the products uh i don't i never sensed any just you know cash grab or just trying to make money or looking for an exit or something that felt that felt new <laughs> and different and where i'm at in the world and in my life like that felt compelling like really safe uh not safe as in like job security safe because again that's really not a thing but it felt safe for my mental health and like safe that uh, that's something i want to do now yeah um so yeah, and and i don't I, know if you would if you would a couple of years ago to be honest and i think a lot of people kind of grew up in that uh world where just like startups are like always doing well and like there's always Mm -hmm. and i know it's like it's kind of funny for me to say like oh there's always some kind of successful exit because i know that's not true but that's Mm -hmm. how i think a lot of people just felt and you know you can kind of bounce from one thing to the other very easily um but i think now i mean my advice to designers is like really dive into what your company is doing like how how does it make money what is the the impact that it's trying to have who are the the users and like how can you actually drive value for your company i know look i know it's fun to design like cool animations but like we also need to be thinking about the business side of things and the strategy side of things and how as a designer you are aligning yourself to these kinds of things and so if anything i'd love to see more designers dive deeper into the business 
side of things and and understand the sort of like the way that the essentially like the the world works behind these these things because it's going to help you make better decisions as a designer and really make sure that you're having the most impact in a moment where like those kinds of things are not a luxury anymore like you know your ceo or your you know your execs are like having to make really tough calls um and same thing goes for you know when you hear about layoffs and stuff like that like you could spend a lot of time kind of stressing about hey is it going to be me is it going to affect me where is it going to go or you can align yourself to be a really important player in making sure the company is successful and i think to me that's the more healthy place to align yourself with of like do great work and stay focused on what are the things that help move the needle the most. And like, if you do both of these things, you may still end up being let go, but you really, really like increase your chances of being a super valuable asset. Um, And, you know, those people will be the last, the last ones that you'd want to let go of. See, that's interesting because that's a perspective that I haven't been a part of for a while. Like, it, maybe this is not a good way to put it, but like, I feel like if it sounds like you're talking to someone who might be in a position where you are currently employed, probably at a medium to big company that might be looking to you know go through some layoffs or something, and you're trying to see. Okay, this I'm in a precarious situation. Not me personally, but my company is in a precarious situation. How can I help? You know, maximize my output to try to get us out of this and maybe save my ass and not be you know impacted by layoffs. And I think um, the reality is like different depending on the stage, right? So if you're a, a earlier stage startup, then it's like yeah, it might be more the entire viability of the entire company might be at risk. If you're in a larger company, that seems generally less likely but what might happen is more layoffs so i think it's like there's a scale basically on like how dire the situation is and how much impact there might be on you because because you mentioned like oh you know uh, having time for animations and stuff at this point like maybe that's not that's not what I said. I said this is where no, a lot we have of people it on record, love Kevin. to spend. Don't try to back away from this. <laughs> well, go back and listen. This is where we might love spending our time on, and that's great. Yeah. But also spend time on the strategic piece in the business because yeah. that's something that's really critical. Know your place. You know how you can contribute to the in the bigger picture. You know, know your place not just in the product as a designer, but know your place in an organization. You know, it can also help that. But I. Uh, kind of dipping my toes on like where i was taking my you know taking this topic a little bit but staying on your lane i think um it's really important for you to really understand what type of product or what type of company you're trying to be because again like we mentioned we went through a period in where every company's goal was to be as big as they could ever be Every company that I've worked on was like that was ultimately the goal. Yep. How can we, you know, growth number one, and <laughs> and I think part of this vibe shift that I've been feeling is I've seen some companies question, debate, like, hey, what if, what if, hear me out, what if the goal is not to be the biggest company <laughs> ever and to make something for kind of for us that hopefully enough people will buy or something and that we can make a living, you know. Mm-hmm have paychecks (laughs) like you know it's it's like what what i see with with things you know the app we keep talking about it things what a beautiful app and whatever um i wish they made updates more often but i like it otherwise (laughs) me too can you imagine paying 40 euros for a mac app and then 20 for the ipad and then five for the iphone Um, hey i would happily give them ten dollars a month for syncing (laughs) and uh sharing (laughs) Uh, but that's neither but like I'm going to use this as an, as an example, but like I don't know how big uh, things company I forget the name of it cultured cultured code. I don't know how big that company is. Uh, if I were to guess, I would say probably between twenty to fifty people, probably no more than that. Um, you think cultured code is fifty people? That's probably stretching it. I would say probably around twenty. 
Yeah, I, I, my guess would be 20 mo- at most, yeah. probably yeah. less. So let's say that they, they probably had the same size for a long time, right? Because, I mean, I, nothing would hint that, uh, you know, otherwise. So a small company, the product is beautiful and used by a lot of people, but they're not competing with, you know, Asana, and they're not going to, they're not competing with even Todoist or like, they're not, I, that doesn't seem to be the goal. Because if that was the goal, they would do very different choices. You know? um, and that's just an example of like, hey, look, there's different types of businesses. And I've seen more of those type of businesses pop up, or at least like new emphasis on that. Um, and so if you are working at a company that you think that you know, you know exactly what the goal is, then you can, then you can think, how can I participate, contribute, and really help? us as a you know this team achieve that goal because if the goal is still like you know cut costs to survive or you know still keep growing you know or whatever it is you're going to make a lot of different decisions than if it's like how can we make this really niche boutique little software you know be even more appealing to, <laughs> to the same target audience or whatever um it would be very different choices so i think that's probably what i would maybe the advice I would give to people if they see yourself, if you see yourself in a tricky position, like I don't know what my future in this company is or where we're headed, try to figure that out and then see how you can really either contribute, help, or like maybe this is not for you anymore. If the goal is different than what you've signed up for, that's also totally fair. Yep. But uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know how to end this, but I think that's great advice. We should wrap it up. Let me, let me like <laughs> wrap this up. Um, I've heard some people describe this as like, this is like the winter, basically. Uh, and I actually think this is like a, not a bad uh, metaphor. It's been summer for years and years now. And this is, for many people, myself included, my first like tech winter, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how long it's going to last, <laughs> but... If I know a thing about winter, uh, and certainly being in Canada, <laughs> you're yeah, a winter expert, is that it yeah. does end at some point. <laughs> and okay. so I think that's something too that like, I think some folks may be like, hey, I actually don't like what, what it's like. I enjoyed it when it was nice and fun and sunshine and rainbows mm-hmm. everywhere. And that was cool. Don't get me wrong. I also think that was the, these times are fun. Um, but know that Every winter eventually ends. Um, so it's not going to be like this forever. You know, you're going to see more companies opening up, hiring again. And you're going to see, you know, more if you're in a startup world, like and more funding and like these things are are going to reopen up at some point. Um, but I'm choosing to see the sort of like lessons to learn in each sort of season, if you will. Um, and I think this is a like a moment where like all of us as an industry can mature and understand like our value and our place in that entire ecosystem um, and just, you know, get ready for when that summer hits. So that's, that's where I would leave it at least for today. It's a good place to leave it. Uh, And let's have recommendations hit also the the recommendations. is kind of like the, it's kind of like our spring of the episode right <laughs> oh, no maybe not winter i can't take this analogy or maybe it's the fall uh, i don't know we have like spring is follow-up <laughs> right summer is the main topic recommendation is the okay. fall and then uh the outro is the winter <laughs> yeah i mean we're a winter free show you know oh uh, um, there you go oprah winter free well no. i can i <laughs> jesus well i can get behind that <laughs> okay Let's okay. I'm gonna start my. I have two recommendations because I read two books this this past couple of weeks, and so I'm Look recommending the books because I enjoyed both. Um, one is I mentioned it in a couple of recommendations away. Um, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. I've I think previously I recommended uh, their other book called Recursion, and so this one he wrote it before that one, and I think this is even more like 
mainstream, more mass appealing mm. uh, <laughs> than the other one. It gets a little bit less crazy, but keeps the same like seasonings. You know, it keeps the same little sci-fi ingredients. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much because I went in cold. I knew nothing about the plot, and I I loved it. So um, skip uh, thirty seconds ahead if you don't want to hear any spoilers. Wait, but uh, I don't want to hear any spoilers. <laughs> Just like the first chapter, like the, this is in the synopsis, oh, okay, okay, right? Okay, okay. Uh, you follow this one character. Um, they they were like a promising uh, scientist thing, but then you know decided to take the family life and uh, you know had a family and became a teacher, um, but still happy. And then one day uh, he gets kidnapped and dragged into a place somewhere, and then he wakes up in a totally different world where he doesn't have a family and he's like a brilliant scientist and he has no idea what happened and he's gonna he's trying to get back to his family even though no one seems to know that they exist dun, dun, dun. Nice. okay i hope that was 30 seconds and people <laughs> didn't skip and like i just spoiled everything um go read it it's really really easy to read this is just just nice novel thriller okay and the other one is make something wonderful steve jobs the steve jobs book uh, Steve Jobs in his own words. Uh, I'm actually I didn't finish it all the way through. I'm like eighty percent through. I think um, it's. I've been reading in a website because I feel like oh, it's designed by a Love Form and it's nice. But I don't know. I was expecting I love that more. You said love like, Form. <laughs> love Form. <laughs> love from. I can't our, say that. our Love Form. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think that's a better name. Anyway, maybe. Um, Did you so know? Yeah, I've been really apparently in- uh, Mike Mattis helped design it. Yeah. Which makes a lot of yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Another recommendation. Mike Mattis' portfolio site. Yeah, so good. Brilliant. So, so good. God, that... Can you imagine having that resume? Um, Just... Anyway. Yeah, ev- everything is so, so awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you something about the Steve Jobs thing. So I've okay. read maybe a, a paragraph of it. I uh, haven't <laughs> had much time otherwise. Um, is this something that's like, I don't want to say worth reading, but as someone who's well, like very, very familiar with Steve Jobs quotes and, uh, you know, video and uh, keynote addresses and uh, university yep. speeches, is this something that presents new information or is that just like a collection of stuff we already know? Yeah. The answer is yes, but probably not in the way that you hoped. You get new information. Like I've read uh, emails, letters, speeches that I haven't read before because they were, you know, they were not public, and so that was new Steve Jobs content. Uh, <laughs> I, there's, I've seen photos that I haven't seen before of him, um, so I do get new stuff. But in no way it's like it changed or it's like there's nothing juicy, if you will. Like it's, it. yeah, okay. It's like the same ideas or like, okay, this speech is different or it's new. But I don't know. It, there's nothing that made me go like, whoa, or like, whoa, <laughs> I can't believe you would say that or something. So it's not really like anecdotes, like new little anecdotes about Steve. It's more just like, it's just more content. I Honestly... If this book had come out like around the time where Steve Jobs biographies were coming out left and right, um, I don't think maybe it would be worth reading. Except that it's like as official as you can be, right? Because it's like their own Steve's own words. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's nothing juicy. There's but but it's still nice. I honestly I miss some Steve Jobs content. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there surely is a like ton of steve jobs content that we haven't heard of but it's the maybe slightly more juicy recollections of certain moments so i will continue hoping that one day we get someone writes a book (laughs) about this um but it looks like this is this is this is not steve jobs with a fanny pack that's what the most shocking thing i've seen so far in the book (laughs) great (laughs) yep um, my recommendation is a video from CGP Grey, um, which is called, Does Your Flag Fail? 
And uh, obviously, if you don't know CGP Grey, CGP Grey is an awesome YouTuber, uh, also a great podcaster, um, just great all around like person, super interesting kind of view of the world. I just thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed this video on having CGP Grey review basically all the flags that he could get his hands on. Um, and it's funny because it's one of these videos where, like, do I care about flags at all? Absolutely not. <laughs> I have zero opinions on flags <laughs> and could not care less. And yet I've sit through this, I think, like 15, 20 minute long video being thoroughly entertained <laughs> the entire way through. Nice. It is incredible a great use of like a 15 20 minutes uh and just so funny and it's like i don't i don't think i could have ever agreed so extremely <laughs> what someone's take <laughs> on something and if anything it's like it touches the like sort of design review kind of part of my brain that's like interested in that kind of criticism um, so it's really interesting to see how, how he does it and it's quite funny so great video cool alright you can find links to everything we mentioned including CGP Grey's video in our show notes on our website layout.fm and you can stay in touch by following the show in ourselves on Mastodon we are at layout or at Rafa and at Kevin on Mastodon design I mean that's Mastodon.design that's our instance our music is from Garam Silva can check out the, their soundcloud page and uh, our thanks to our sponsors this week userbit go to userbit.com to learn more and if you want to sponsor our show go to layout.fm slash sponsor see i was almost at com <laughs> cool also we have to we have to get better at not recording for an hour look at this 50 minutes i don't think it's possible like i feel like this the goal is, the is 30 amount. minutes god i mean i'm gonna do this i'm not the one who had like 15 minutes of follow-up <laughs> wow okay i think we're gonna have to do follow-up and recommendations as like uh, maybe just for our, our our members you know we have a the oh, layouties member. oh, I see. and our members can listen to our, like our, our follow-up <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> These like 15 yeah, minutes at a time. Yeah.